Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Hello, hello. Welcome to Fresh Hop Cinema, a podcast about craft beer and film. My name is Max Minardi. And my name is Johnny Summers. Together, we are Fresh Hop Cinema. Welcome back to the show. Uh, I guess to us also, we took a week off. There has been some pretty crazy fires in Northern California, right in our neck of the woods, uh, specifically started in Paradise, uh, which is right next to Chico. So we took the week off to uh, help out where we could. Fortunately, neither of us uh, were affected in terms of our homes. Yeah. Um, so we've been trying to do our part, and we took the week off. So thank you for bearing with us. We are now back. Yeah, and uh, our hearts are with everyone that's been affected by this fire. I think that kind of goes without saying. Yeah, yeah, but we'll say it anyways, just in case. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. and thank you to everyone that came out yesterday. Right, we should talk about that. We uh, Our schedule's been a little messed up. By now, we were supposed to, today would be our 100th episode. It's just our 99th. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were still at Secret Trail yesterday celebrating a beer release. Uh, that we collaborated with them on. It was called Fresh Hop Cine Haze. We'll be covering it this episode in just a few minutes. But uh, it was a blast. It was fun to see some familiar faces at Secret Trail yesterday. Uh, so thanks. Yeah, thanks for coming out. Indeed. It was. It was a good time. It was nice to see everybody. See everybody smiling too. That yeah, was really that was great. That was great. I loved it. It was a great time. Hopefully you guys got to come out and try that beer. Yeah, uh, it should. I think there's still some on tap. I would be willing to bet. I heard they ran out. Did they really? Yep. Man, when that out yesterday? Uh, Chris and Alexis were there, and they said they got the last couple pours of it. Bummer. Like, the evening time. All right, well, it sucks to be you guys. Yeah, if you missed it, you know, you just got to be quick. Yeah, no, we're still going to we're still gonna review it, because we have, uh, we took a growler to go. That's right. <laughs> so, I'm very Suckers. excited. I'm, yeah, it's a really good beer. So, maybe, yeah. maybe it'll be brewed again one day. Who knows? Who we'll knows? We'll see. I've heard talks of there being another collaboration with them in the future. Yeah, so. fun. Heck yeah. I want to to jump right into this beer then. I think that's a good a good transition. Cool. You want Straight to uh, tell them a little bit about how the show works? Or are we not doing oh, that Oh, yeah, anymore? sure. We might as well bring you it up. You don't have to. Uh, no, I like doing that. Thank I you. Um, no, we cover two beers and a movie. Uh, usually those two things, the two beers are new and the movie is new. We're a little bit behind schedule, but we are still going to cover Bohemian Rhapsody today. It's a biopic of Freddie Mercury of Queen, and we'll get into that later. And I just want to say, as usual, we will not spoil anything. If you haven't had a chance to see the movie, we don't spoil it until the last segment, but we'll give you plenty of heads up. And then we uh, we bookend that movie on either side with with two craft beers. And that's that's what we're approaching now. And Johnny's going to open this growler, which is going to explain the sound that you, my gosh, it's so intense here. Good. Okay. It wasn't that scary. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It just, the buildup was, was wild. Yeah. Um, okay. So diving right in, like we said, this is a this is a beer that we were very fortunate to have our names put on, and um, there's a whole big story behind it. We'll maybe talk about a little bit later. Uh, but the bottom line is, we got to try it, or I got to try it yesterday for the first time. I know Johnny, you had it a little bit during the brewing process, but it's a a double IPA. It's an imperial IPA coming in at nine point three percent, brewed exclusively with laurel hops, and we'll talk a little bit about laurel hops and about. Um, kind of the origins of those and, and maybe what that'll do to a beer. But first, just our, I guess this isn't our initial take anymore, but. Yeah, we drank a lot of it today. yesterday. Yeah. Um, you want to go first, man, or you want me to? Yeah, I'll go first. Yeah, we're kind of combating coffee. It's um, it's a, it's a Sunday for us. We're recording. We wanted to cram in this episode before I left town. Um, so it is definitely, this is a morning beer for us, but we're drinking coffee and we're kind of kind of balancing our palates that way early on. Mm-hmm. But what do you think, man? How does this stack up in the morning as opposed to the afternoon? It was good yesterday, and it's yeah. it's still really good today. Honestly, I think I started drinking this about this time yesterday morning. 
It was yeah, close. Maybe, huh? Within a couple hours. Uh, no, it's really good. It's super heavy on the nose uh, fruit. You get a ton of like mm-hmm. pineapple, a bunch of citrus. It drinks really crisp and refreshing. It's nice and, and viscous. It's a big, like, yeah. tastes hazy uh, as far as the thickness goes, but then you get this nice hoppy finish, and it really bookends with nice bitter notes. Yeah, let's talk about laurel hops a little bit because it's 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 not something you see very often exclusively as the hop profile in a beer. Usually it's like three or four other hops plus laurel, and I think the reason for that is because it's such a pronounced and noticeable uh, hop flavor. Yeah, it's like super fruity. Super, uh, almost melony. Yeah, and you get like a ton of floral notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how I remember it. Laurel rhymes with floral. There so you go. There you go. Uh, but no, this this hop's been around since 2016. It was developed by the Hop Breeding Company, um, and it's described as uh, by them uh, floral, peppery, lemon, citrusy, and dark fruit. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I, I don't get as much of the dark fruit thing. I would uh, sub that out for. I could see maybe a lot like the stuff. Maybe like a plum, a little. Yeah, maybe it's a little plummy. Yeah, but it's it's. I find it very good in this beer. I can see how if this isn't a flavor that you enjoy, if you don't like that kind of flowery taste, mm-hmm. uh, this would not be for you. But personally, I think it's fantastic. Yeah, this really holds true to the the IPAs that you just use a single hop varietal. I really enjoy those because you get the full experience of what that hops about. Yeah, uh, and there's nothing else you know confusing. Right. I was I was saying that to to Charlie Barrett, one of the, one of the head brewers over there, or the, he's the head brewer. Him and, and Jake owner. together. Yeah, and he's the owner. Um, and I was saying that like this is there's nothing to hide behind in in a beer like this. Like you have your your hop characteristic, and that's what's going to shine through. Um, and we've talked about on the show like the one that comes to mind is like really intense stouts that use like seven different adjuncts. And like there's a little bit more room for messing things up because you have these flavors to fall back on. Mm-hmm. But something like this is relatively naked, and you're throwing nine point three percent ABV. So like if there's any like really off flavors, not off flavors in in the brewing sense, but um, maybe not savory tastes. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to jump out more with that alcohol content. Mm-hmm. At least that's that's kind of my experience. Like when there's a bad flavor, the stronger the beer, the more pronounced that flavor might be. Yeah, or it'll taste more more alcoholy. Yeah, know, sure. more hot. Right, and that's the other thing. This doesn't drink like a nine point three. Not at to all to me. Yeah, it's it's way smooth, way drinkable. I think. <laughs> Uh, before Gianna ended up having to, uh, to drive me home, we made a decision. I probably shouldn't drive after like three of these. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I mean, it's, it's a heavy hitting beer. Uh, so know that going in, if you ever get a chance to try it, but it's smooth and it drinks so smooth, super easy. Yeah. Um, you know, I was just really happy. First of all, just to get our name on a beer. Yeah. That's like, cool. Whoever would have thought that that right. happened. Like right. we got a beer named after our show. Fun. Um, so that in itself was super awesome, but to have the beer be just absolutely yeah. amazing, like yeah. not biased, trying not to be biased because sure. it's named after us, but I really do like this beer. Yeah. Yeah. Me too, man. I, I, let's rate it. Let's do it. Why not? But before we rate it, I'm going to tell you all to hit up secret trail yeah. and tell them that they should make this year round. Huh? That'd be dope. This is great. And yeah. Or if, at least if, again. Because I think, what did we say the final batch was um, gallon-wise? Like seven something? Seven or eight gallons. So yeah. real small batch, but um, blew through it in a day. Yeah. So that's cool. Absolutely. Um, I don't know how much of that was was us being there with with the podcast people, but. It helped. So yeah, definitely helped. I'm, I'm curious to know, like, because I saw some other people there while we were there throughout those few hours drinking it mm-hmm. um, that didn't know our show or anything. They just saw a good looking beer. Yeah. Um, so I'd be curious to know that I could probably do the math looking at our receipt and be like, how much did we drink? <laughs> right. Um, but no, okay. Yeah. Head down to secret trail and, uh, you know, they don't have this beer on, but they have a billion other great beers on, not a yeah, billion, but, but t- some tell them they should make this one again. Sure. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'm gonna rate it. Do it. I'm going to go is 9.3 dumb. I want to say 9.3. No, I was going to uh, say nine. 
Cool, because I just want to give it the same as the ABV. But it's oh, that definitely cool. in, the, in the nines and upper nines for me. It's very good. Yeah, uh, all bias aside, this is one of the better hazy, quote-unquote, beers I've had. Yeah, I think maybe maybe we should be critical. I want to find something that I don't like. You keep talking. I'm on. Well, it's this. it's balanced uh, enough with the juiciness to the hops. You know, if you listen to this podcast, you know that I'm critical of hazy beers a lot of the time, you know, and just for being too juicy or whatever. But this one has that hot punch that really – really takes it home for me and, and makes it stand above a lot that I've had. Yeah. You know, I, <laughs> I'm having that internal argument right now. Like I can't really, and, and maybe it is the bias of having this named after us and all the hype and, or at least in my brain and then spending time with friends yesterday and the circumstances surrounding this beer. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. I can't think of a reason not to give it a 10. It tastes, it's amazing. Yeah. I think it's fantastic. It's really good. So as much as I want to say 9.3 to go with the alcohol content, I'm going to jump it up to a 10. This is a great beer. I'm throwing out a 10. Wow, wow, wow. Boom. Meow, meow, meow. Yeah, I should have had that plugged in some more soundboard or something. That's all right. I'm going to say 10. That's that's badass. I love it. Yeah. It's our beer. It's real good. Yeah. Okay. That's great. Again, guys, this is uh, Fresh Hops in a Haze from Secret Trail Brewing Company here in Chico. If you want to see them make this beer again, uh, hit them up on all their social medias at Secret Brew Co. Secret Trail Brew Co, homie. Yeah. It's early. Homie. Yeah. Um, so yeah, hit them up on uh, social media at Secret Trail Bruco. It's like I just said that. You said Secret Secret Bruco. Secret Bruco. That's why I got you. What? Yeah. It's early. Uh, so, anyways, that's a that's a good enough transition because I have a hot this week um, that is actually technically I think last week. It's having it's tricky to keep track of days lately. Mm-hmm. But I played at Secret Trail with with my friend and drummer Rob Delgado last Sunday, and this mm-hmm. was um, three days after after these fires. This fire. Um, started mm-hmm. and it was like that it was a weird thing because i actually had to cancel a gig on friday because it was you know they like it had settled down a little bit in the place i was going to be playing was going to be fine but the the like trying to set a mood like hey come down and party with some music and mm-hmm. you know it just didn't feel right no while everyone was still exactly landing where they were evacuated and all that yeah. so then sunday i was scheduled to play at secret trail um and, and I was talking to them and I was like, I don't, I don't know, like, do, should, do we do it or not? And we, what we came up with, was like, maybe this would be a nice kind of reprieve and a sense of normalcy to come down and just have some music and a couple of beers to get people's minds off things. Mm-hmm. So we did, and we ended up playing instead of two hours for three hours and just kind of kicked it. And, and there was this real, real lovely sense of community. Um, there were, uh, just a shift in mood throughout the night. It started like people very somber, some people crying. And by the end happy and people mm. dancing. Uh, and that was very nice. It's a, it's a nice reminder sometimes that music is, uh, powerful. Yeah. Music and, and the feeling of not being alone. Yeah. You know, just getting together with friends and, and laughing and feeling normal for a second. Yeah. Music definitely is a medicine big time. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to mention is that I got a record player. It was my birthday a little nice. bit ago. Um, and I got a record player from my family. And I've been just rocking records nonstop. I bought a bunch. I had a few already for some. I bought like I bought records without having a record player, knowing one day I'd be able to play them. Um, day. Um, so I had so much fun just like opening them up and finally listening to what was on them. Yeah. Um, and I just got in the mail yesterday, uh, Paul Simon's Graceland, which is like in my top ten favorite albums of all time. Uh, I've been geeking out on To Pimp a Butterfly by Kendrick Lamar. Hell that was, yeah. been a blast. Um, I'd only ever listened to that obviously like on Spotify or whatever. Um, so to hear it on vinyl was, was super cool, even though I don't think it was recorded for vinyl, it was still a nice experience. Um, and there's a bunch of probably got like, like nine or 10 records in the rotation right now. So that's, that's awesome. I'm digging that. I love that. What about you, man? 
I love physical copies of things. I grew sure. up in the the 90s, so I'm still of that era. And so many bands, like all the doom and, and sludgy metal bands that I like, uh, thrive on vinyl. So you get these cool limited edition prints that are like purple and green swirls and the album art's super cool. Right. So I love that. I'm so cute of a record player. Yeah, thanks, man. Be throwing records at you. Do it. Yeah, we talked about this uh, the other day. Like, here's this music that you might hate. You just said sludge metal. Yeah. What is that? Uh, it's just kind of uh, super down-tuned, down-tempo, okay. uh, sludgy, doomy. So doom and sludge are interchangeable? Yeah, they're kind of in the same universe. Yeah. Right. Okay. Sludge can be a little bit faster. Okay. Where like doom's just really, really slow. It sounds like sludge would be slower yeah. to me. I mean, the word sludge makes me think like... Just slow and slow. <laughs> yeah, like molasses rolling down yeah. a hill. But Doom is more like that could be fast. Doom can come fast, I suppose. I don't like. It's true, I guess. I don't know. That's just what I think of. Yeah, I'm no know. expert. I'm gonna have to do some research. Yeah. I, cl- I should. I should know these things yeah. about the genres of music that I sure. like. Sure. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of bothered. I think we all know that. Yeah. There's been a lot of bother. You know, I was. I had my own experiences with the fire that weren't uh, super fun, but. Uh, a lot of people have it worse than me, and uh, there's been a lot of bad, but there's been so much to be happy about, so much hotness uh, in this community right now. Uh, just the outpouring of generosity and people taking care of each other, Yeah, I think, is about as hot as it can get, you know, for me. Fair. It's just things that are heartwarming. Yeah. Because there's so much tragedy, but everybody's taking care of each other. Yeah. And it's, it's really good to see, and it's making this tragedy a lot easier to deal with. Yeah. Oh, I want to say something else. I guess this is a forum to do it. Um, if, if you don't mind me jumping in. Yeah, go for it. Uh, so like you're saying, yeah, a lot of people have been displaced or whatever. Um, we have the room that we are in now, Gianna and I do. And if anybody needs a room that is listening to this in our area, please hit me up. We have a hot shower. We can cook. Gianna can cook better than me, but I, I'll try. Uh, if you need a place to stay, hit me up. There's a room for you. Nice. That's it. Okay. I like it. Good. I would say that, but all my rooms are full. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's cool too, though. I was yeah. happy. I was really lucky that I had a house big enough that I could say, "Come on, right? You'll always have a place to live." Yeah. So. Yeah. We had our we had a friend of ours uh, who who lived in paradise crashing on our couch for a, a few days, um, and it was just a temporary thing. But that's kind of what spawned the ideas. Like we had my guitars don't need their own room necessarily. Right. Yeah. Um, and I figured worst case we could just do this over at your house and record over there. If totally. We, if we had to. Yeah, so, absolutely. You know, or in my living room, it doesn't matter. Yeah. We could find a place. Yeah. So in the midst of all this pain and, and heartbreak and watching my hometown burn, um, it's just done my heart good. And I know a lot of people that have been going through it, uh, just the community yeah, and the feeling of love and, Everybody's there for each other, and it's a shame that it takes a tragedy to bring that out. But it's amazing to see it right now. You know, I might try and get down to Sierra Nevada. I want to volunteer on Thanksgiving. Oh, nice! And they're doing free dinner stuff like that. So we should uh, we should plug the Sierra Nevada thing too, because I was very oh yeah happy to learn about that. I'm looking it up right now, but that's got us pretty hot. So Sierra Nevada, as you know, is here in Chico, just just down the road from Paradise. And what they did is came out with uh, this post on social media yesterday, I believe, uh, for their resilience beer. It's called Resilience Butte County Proud IPA. And they are going to be doing a bunch of this beer and I think kegs and bottles and cans or whatever. And they're going to be donating 100% of the proceeds of every case sold to campfire. um, I don't know what you call it. Just relief. Yeah. Yeah. To help the victims. Uh, And they actually put out a 
like a call to arms to every brewery in the United States to get on board and do the same thing. Yeah, that's so awesome. And they're jumping on like crazy. Every time I get on social media, I see more and more breweries sharing that post and getting on board. I know they've already emailed the recipe out. They just said, here, here's the recipe. It's not proprietary. Yeah, and then that's just do it. And it's breeding this amazing sense of community that has to make, I mean, it makes me feel cared about. Yeah, Ken Grossman uh, said, although Chico and Sierra Nevada Brewery were spared, the campfire has devastated neighboring communities where many of our friends, families, and employees live. Uh, the community has supported us for 38 years and we're going to do everything we can to support them back. I think that's great. Yeah. Like literally the biggest, I think, right? The biggest craft brewery in the world. I'm pretty sure. Uh, at doing least something in, like this yeah. is so cool to see. Yeah. They don't need the money. You know what I mean? And the fact right. that they have the the ability and the power to do that. And they are so influential in the craft beer community that yeah. when they ask for people to do something like this, right. people jump on board. Like yeah, crazy. you mentioned you think you saw Dogfish, or not Dogfish, uh, uh, Russian River. Russian River, they were the first to jump on and commit to doing a 20-barrel run of it and nice. have it on draft at all their locations just because you know, Sierra Nevada was a huge part of coming to their aid mm -hmm. when they had their fires done mm -hmm. in, in Santa Rosa. Uh, also, I've seen Moxa. Uh, who else? Moxa jumped on Tioga Sequoia. I believe uh, Secret Trail is going to be doing sure. a version of it. Sure. So look for that beer anywhere you see it because knowing that drinking it, uh, all the money's going to a great place. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be released in early January is what I'm seeing on the internet um, and apparently limited release in cans and on draft only. All right. And I hope they do a round of merch. Yeah. Because I would rock totally. the hell out of that. Yeah. I'm sure they will. Yeah. They have to. Yeah. Especially like for Chico. Like, right. People would definitely wear that. And right. also, uh, shout out to Sierra Nevada as well for giving out clothes. Oh, is they doing that too? Yeah, my nephew that's living with me and, and his girl who lost everything went over there uh, and they had it on their, their socials that uh, at the gift shop from certain times they were having like coffee and pastries and giving out sweatshirts and shirts to whoever lost everything. So awesome. So they went over and got a couple shirts and a hoodie each and uh, it's cool because yeah. now he has a hoodie and he didn't before. So yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, that is that is like... As it's going on, that is live aid mm -hmm. for our community. Literally, here's a sweatshirt. Stay warm. Yeah. Speaking of uh, live aid. Yeah. Do you want to jump to a break? Maybe come back and talk about Bohemian Rhapsody and Queen's famous concert at the live aid during the, uh, well, I won't say anymore, I guess. We'll uh, save it in case people don't know the story. But do you want to do that? Let's do that. That was a good segue. Thank you so I'm proud much. of you. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. Hey guys, head on down to Secret Trail every single Monday for their Explorers series where they release a crazy one-off beer that they'll never make again. This Monday, today, if you're hearing this, they have done something crazy. They've gone all nuts with the spices on their alt beer. They've thrown in star anise, seeds of paradise, and caraway seeds called alt spice. So go check that beer out. It sounds amazing, uh, perfect for the holidays, tons of spice. Yeah, that's right. Again, Secret Trail, if you don't know, is down at 132 Meyer Street, and you can find all of this information on all of their social medias at Secret Trail Brew Co. Live and drink off the beaten path. Enjoyed the show. I also I write songs. Our lead singer just quit. Then you'll need someone new. 
love the way you move on stage. The whole room belongs to you. Don't you see what you could be? No one will play us on the radio. We need to get experimental. Do it again. One more. How many more Galileos do you want? Roger, there's only room in this band for one hysterical queen. Mark these words. No one will play a queen. Fortune favours the bold. Freddie, concerning your private life. What more do you need to know? I make music. I want to give the audience a song that they can perform. What's the lyric? Ready, Freddy? Let's do it. You need to slow down, Fred. I just need a bit of time. What if I don't have time? We're all legends. Bohemian Rhapsody is a foot-stomping celebration of Queen, their music, and their extraordinary lead singer, Freddie Mercury. Freddie defied stereotypes and shattered convention to become one of the most beloved entertainers on the planet. The film traces the meteoric rise of the band through their iconic songs and revolutionary sound. They reach unparalleled success, but in an unexpected turn, Freddie, surrounded by darker influences, shuns Queen in pursuit of his solo career. Having suffered greatly without the collaboration of Queen, Freddie manages to reunite with his bandmates just in time for Live Aid. While bravely facing a recent AIDS diagnosis, Freddie leads the band in one of the greatest performances in the history of rock and music. Queen cements a legacy that continues to inspire outsiders, dreamers, and music lovers to this day. Boom. I think I meant to say rock and roll music, but I said rock and music, so that's fine. I'm fine with it. I love it. We all, we're fine. We yeah. all make mistakes. Let's move on. Didn't even have to bring it up, Johnny. God, you didn't. I Deal did. with it. So. <laughs> yeah. So that is the synopsis as read by young Maxwell from the interwebs of the movie we are talking about this week, Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. It came out on November 2nd of 2018. It runs two hours and 14 minutes on a production budget of 52 million. It's rated PG-13. And as of November 18th has made 127 $885,859. I forgot the million. I'm just leaving out words today. It's fine. About $128 million. Secret Bruco. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's a trend. That's yeah, all good. Uh, anyways, this stars uh, Rami Malek as Freddie Mercury, uh, Lucy Boynton as his uh, early love and wife, Mary Austin. Her, uh, which her, her last name is a funny sound. Boynton. Yeah. B-O-Y-N-T-O-N. I hope I'm pronouncing it right. It sounds like the noise that you would make while jumping on a trampoline. Boynton. Yeah, it does. Um, and I mean, there's a whole cast of people here that we'll get into. Um, but I think it's fair to say the focus is on Rami Malek. Yes. yes. Okay. Good. Yeah. It was pretty much all about him and, and Freddie Mercury's Yeah. I think this life. movie is yeah, branded as a biopic for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and we'll get into our thoughts because for me, it it felt more like a um, a biography of Queen, the band, with, mm-hmm. with bits of Freddie Mercury yeah. tossed in, which is, is kind of my main complaint with this movie is that it wasn't, didn't feel like a true biopic that focused on maybe more of his personal stuff. It didn't go very deep. Not too deep. There were a few moments that I really enjoyed, um, but for me, a little bit, the movie was kind of 
in between picking what it wanted to be in terms yeah. of terms of storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoyed all the the queen moments, quote unquote. Yes. Um, but but it didn't feel like it was cohesive completely all the way through. Uh, from that perspective. Yeah, I thought the the plot kind of moved along in a very clunky way. It didn't yeah. really flow. Uh, and I wanted it to be more of a biopic uh, that went in depth into the life of, and it definitely seemed more like a kind of a a short version of a behind the music. Yeah, kind of. Huh? You know what I mean? Uh, it was it overall like though it was a an entertaining movie. You know, it was it was fun to look at. There was good music. Um, definitely was kind of just a popcorn movie though. Very very shallow. You think? Yeah. I mean, I think it went deep in some ways. I think this is something maybe that people don't know much about Queen might watch, um, which has its own problems. Yeah. So we'll get into more of that later. But I mean, overall, I don't think the movie was bad. I think there was things about it I liked. There was definitely things about it I didn't. Yeah, I thought this was this was a good movie. I, I would recommend this to almost anybody. I don't mm-hmm. think um, it was a fun time. Yeah, it was a good time. I think like the musical stuff and and Malik's performance. Obviously, I think as Freddie Mercury is the standout for sure. It's it's crazy. Yeah. Um, from what I understand too, he I, this can, I don't think this can even be right. But I've read it a bunch. Like he did the singing. Mm-mm. That can't be right, nope. right? There's no way. I heard that they used uh, like a mix of a very famous Freddie Mercury impersonator oh. uh, and a few different mixes and then kind of like okay. la- layered them to get that sound. Yeah. Well, uh, even regardless of the singing, like the 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 mannerisms and just carrying himself, um, at least from what I can tell, as Freddie Mercury did, is just, just wild. Yeah. Um, rocking some crazy dentures too. Yeah, that was, yeah. I didn't know that. They say that in the movie at one point he says, yeah, I was, he was like auditioning to get into this band at first. And he's like, yeah, I have four extra incisors, more room in, in my mouth is like extra octaves or something. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that's how that worked. I guess maybe it does. I don't know. I think it might not be. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, that's the whole purpose of like singing with your mouth open. It's like to give yourself more room for resonance and maybe, I don't know. I don't know a lot. So, Could, I mean, I would think, you know, a little about that. A little. A yeah. T- but not not enough to know if extra teeth help you. Hmm. It's such a throwaway line too. Like they were just like, yeah, I have four extra incisors. Like, yeah. okay, all right, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Um, I think the the strengths in this movie, so including his performance, are the the musical montages. Mm-hmm. There's there's a scene where they're uh, recording out in a little barn type studio. They're recording a night at the opera. Uh, that's uh, and then doing Bohemian Rhapsody. And you get this great montage of them trying to be unconventional and putting together these songs. And I think that works really well. I also think the final performance of of theirs at the Live Aid concert is really well done. It's also almost like a shot-for-shot shot remake of the actual performance. Yeah. Uh, if you're curious, you can look it up on YouTube. Um, and that wasn't their last performance as a band. Right, no. That was just the last performance in this movie. Sure. Yes, that's what I meant. Just clarify that. Um, and, and that's the other thing we could get into is chronology. Like, this movie kind of stitches together things to make it a little bit more of an emotional arc, but... Um, it doesn't happen. Yeah, in, it didn't happen in real life the way it happens here. No, there's a, a lot, lot of, of stuff that didn't even happen. That's probably yeah. I don't yeah. know that much, but uh, we'll get into more of that in uh, the third bit. Yeah, but for now, yeah, I really enjoyed all that stuff. That's what I wanted to say. I like it. Yeah, I love the music too. Sure, there was something very um, kind of goosebump inducing about hearing their music pumping through the stereo on the you know the big screen. Right, it was very moving and like. Uh, there were definitely those parts where people started singing along a little bit. Oh, really? Yeah, and That's then like great. the there was some clapping happening in the theater. Sure, so it was that was cool to hear their music really loud and just 
kind of relive that a little bit, just maybe like hearing some stuff haven't heard in a long time. Right. Maybe people aren't super familiar with their music. They kind of didn't go too deep into their uh, their catalog either. They kind of stuck with the hits, right? In this movie, which which makes sense. Yeah, you know, it makes sense if it's a Freddie Mercury biopic because you're trying to focus on him. But they don't super do that. So I would have loved like maybe some more B side stuff. I don't know. Yeah, if you're gonna spend that much time with a band, um, like there was that that in joke throughout the entire movie about the uh, "I Love My Car" song or whatever, mm-hmm. which is also on that album, um, and it's like a continuous joke. I wish they would have explored. Like outside of that, I mean, it is the era there, but they started from the beginning of the band to that point. So like mm-hmm. they could have added more stuff. I think. Yeah. I think that the, the rest of the band was really kind of a, a footnote. We didn't learn yeah. much about any of them really hardly. Yeah. You didn't outside of band dynamics. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's tricky. Yeah. Um, I want to say something else. I'm trying to remember what it was. I've heard already already heard talk of Rami Malek being uh, in the running for best actor for this. What do you think about that? I could, I mean, I could see it. I'm trying to, my brain is so fried. It seems like I can't even think of other, like who the other contenders might be right now. There's some stuff coming out. Um, I am pretty sure. Um, what the heck is it? Oh, it's what we're going to maybe see next week. Uh, Boy Erased. Mm. Uh, Lucas Hedges. I don't know that uh, I've heard best actor buzz, but. Certainly for somebody his age, he's on the rise, and I think that's on people's radar. Nice. Um, but other than that, I, I, I could see this being a contender for sure. Okay. There's just a lot of commitment to this kind of role. I think that's yeah. important. That's always a big uh, eye grabber when it comes to Oscar buzz. Yeah. Commitment and kind of deep into the method of it. You sure. Know, really yeah. absorbing another person's persona. Yeah. I think you did it really well, too. Yeah. yeah. I think biopics especially are, are really, really easily uh, considered for that sort of thing because it is so – you have to – uh, com- what's the word? Uh, you have to transmogrify. Yeah, give yourself so completely to the role and, yeah. and like really take on this. Like you're saying, like another person's entire life. Yeah, like full immersion. And and somebody as iconic as Freddie Mercury, like it's not some some person that we've never heard. Like I love those <laughs> biopics too. Like they teach you about this brand new person, but everybody knows who Freddie Mercury is. So mm. to take that gravity on your shoulders is like, all right, you better better do him justice. Yeah, like you're playing an icon. Yeah, and I think he really nailed it. And and then you get into the stuff too, like like the LGBT community like you have to deal with 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 that you don't want to misrepresent in that sense and, mm-hmm. and um there's some people that i think i read a few things i a friend friend of the show kyle mentioned it to me like there had been some buzz about um him being misrepresented that way almost like um f- kind of framing it as like the reason he got aids was was because he like shunned his wife and went to explore to do drugs and like mm-hmm. um and i didn't get that vibe from this movie but some people are getting that and i i don't think that's fair yeah, but, no. but it does speak a lot to the point that you're you're dealing with a wide range of different people that are going to receive this movie. Like mm-hmm. you have the music fans and you, like you just everybody mm-hmm. in a different way are going to be impacted by this performance. I think not everybody, but a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be received by a very wide audience, as you can tell by the the monetary totals thus far. Yeah, lots of people are going to see this, and right. everybody's got different opinions. And it is dealing with kind of a sensitive uh, issue as far as lifestyle. Yeah, or, sure. You know, whatever. So I think they handled it fairly well. Yeah, I, I saw so with regards to me just enjoying the movie from a filmmaking perspective, I did lose a bit of steam when it came to him kind of leaving the band and doing his solo stuff. Mm-hmm. I think that was a little bit dragged out. Yeah. Um, like what's what's uh what's his his friend slash manager slash boyfriend's is like Evan or Pete yeah like I could find it yeah uh, the dude yeah anyways uh, the one that not the nice guy with the mustache that was Jim Hutton mm-hmm. but the other guy the first guy with the mustache yeah right uh, I can't think of his name um 
I have the list in front of me. I still can't pick it out. Anyways, I didn't like him at all. No. Um, and I think we weren't supposed to. So if there was sort of an angle against that uh, lifestyle, I guess maybe that's it. But it doesn't feel so biased. It's like, no, this is how this guy was. Yeah, it's more like just and the that. relationship, like one-to-one. I don't think that's yeah an o- overarching statement about anything. Yeah, more just like that dude sucked. Yeah, right. Know? So, yeah, I, I like this movie overall. I'm, yeah, I'm not going to say it was my favorite movie. Sure. Um, but, yeah, it's worth a watch. Yeah. And I think um, you should do what I did, watch this movie, and then start reading about the history of the band and yeah, and yeah. things like that because it led me on a deeper rabbit hole that maybe I got a bit more cold hard facts and learned uh, a bit more of what I wanted to learn about the band. Agreed, yeah. I mean, from a musical perspective only, if if you only know Queen for like, we will rock you and we are the champions, um, this is a great jumping off point. Totally. Get in there, listen to us more Queen music. I think it's a great purpose this film could serve yeah um one of my favorite records is uh killer queen live i don't think i've heard it it's like a whole concert oh vinyl they recorded it live yeah like i'm I'm like i've never i've never listened to a queen album all the way through oh really that's me i don't i i'm into it now i want to i'll have to bring you that record that'd be great yeah um so so that's that's one side of this film like i think from a musical perspective well actually there's two musical perspectives i guess like the production value of watching them make the music Mm -hmm. very cool also, the curiosity that this inspired in me to check out more Queen music. I think that's very valid. Definitely. From a movie-making perspective, uh, and as my job maybe on this show is like to rate it as a movie, I am not crazy about it. I mm-hmm. think it's fine. Yeah. Um, it's above average. I think it's worth your time to see it simply for the fact that you're having this iconic person in history being portrayed on the big screen. I think it's well worth your time to go check it out. Um, and and there's some testament to what you're saying of seeing it on the big screen and with other people. I saw it in a great theater. Uh, in Reno at the uh, that big one you like yeah, going to, but it was like their DFX, which is like the, it was like the it was awesome, the super duper one. They had like extra cool seats that recline, except <sighs> there's like the recline button, so you recline and then it kicks your feet out, right? Uh-huh. But then my problem with those seats, why I never kick them back all the way, is because like I'm laying too far flat. Yeah, so they have another button that lifts your headrest, up, oh. and it was the best. And the like the speakers were so they were awesome. I know you're, you're a geek for sound quality too. Sure, so that, that... and nobody spoke. <sighs> it was one. It was a great viewing experience for me. That I love was that a, theater. That was one of the things that was uh, nice about our viewing experience too. I went with Shalina and mm-hmm. a friend of hers, Gina, and they never really go to movies yeah. just because they get annoyed when people talk. And I was very pleased with the performance of the audience. They yeah. were they were a great audience. It was yeah. a great viewing experience. Yeah. That adds to my enjoying a movie or at least being totally. able to pay attention to it when I'm not like pissed off at the person behind me. Yeah. When I can actually focus on the movie. Everybody's always talking about like people are not going to movies because like they're too expensive. No, I would pay extra to sit in a theater where it was guaranteed. Nobody around me was going to talk. Mm-hmm. I, I would do that in a heartbeat. Yeah. Uh, let's pay a little bit extra for the tickets. I wish hire, somebody would ask me hire a security guard to stay in there. Yeah. Like one of those movies, movie theaters, the movie ninjas. Mm-hmm. They're just like, come over and cover your mouth. Yeah. Love it. That'd be so great. I love it. I want to live in that world. Me too. At least to have the option of going to that theater. I know that there's theaters out there in the world where they like will be mean to you. Like yeah. They'll kick you out. Yeah. I don't know. That's, that's not being mean to you. That's, you know, but you maybe they follow the rules. Maybe they do it angrily. Well, that's not, I mean, that's not great, but it's not necessary per se, yeah. but I would endorse that theater fully if it was in my town. Yeah. So I want to make another transition here. If you're you're good on this, we'll I'm rate good, it first. Man. Uh, but um, I do want you to preface our third segment with the beer because uh, I think it's one of the best beer transitions we'll have. Oh, yeah, totally. What are we going to sneak them with? We're going to cover next segment. Give so a preview. in our third segment, before we do a lot of spoiling of the movie, we're going to be drinking a beer from McKellar called Freddie Mercury. Love it. 
Love it. What style of beer is it? It is uh, a hazy IPA. Cool. So, okay. Until then, let's rate this sucker and take a break. Six five for me. I was gonna say six five. Perfect. Six flat. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I will tell you why. Simply because of many historical inaccuracies. Uh, I will unpack that much more in the third segment. Uh, but that was my pretty much my number one beef with this movie. Other than that, it was a fun time. They could have gone deeper into Freddie Mercury, like you mm-hmm. said. Mm-hmm. Kind of the same beefs there. But six for historical inaccuracies. Sure. And then six, five for me for the reasons I have already said. I like it. Right. Uh, yeah. So we'll jump to a break. Uh, again, heads up if you haven't seen Bohemian Rhapsody yet, we're going to spoil some stuff when we come back. But please stick around. Guys, if you've ever listened to this show, you already know this, but if you're a new time listener or you have a short-term memory, we want to tell you about The Handlebar. They're a restaurant here in Chico, and they have a happy hour seven days a week. That's right. For you new time listeners, it's uh, seven days a week from two to six. You're going to be getting a dollar off every single draft beer in addition to enjoying their amazing food menu. It is really good stuff. You should go check them out. Yeah, I feel like we say it so often that like I kind of forget how good of a deal it is. Yeah. Like a dollar off an already awesome draft beer selection and already reasonable prices seven days a week for four hours. Yeah. Last time we were in there, I got my receipt and I was like, what? How are we not all expected? We're not all alcoholics. I don't understand how it's it's amazing. That's a testament to you and the strength of humanity. Go celebrate with a beer at the handlebar. (laughs) They're open seven days a week. And that happy hour again is all seven days from two to 6 PM. Get a dollar off all their draft beers. Handlebar Chico located at 2070 East 20th street. Danger zone. Danger zone. I guess we just add our own yeah. danger zone. Danger, danger zone. zone. Danger zone. Danger zone. Welcome. Is this the danger zone? Is yes, it is the third yeah. part. <laughs> uh, hey, hey, welcome. we didn't even plan that, guys. Welcome back, everybody. That's how good we are. No, we did plan it. We just aren't good at executing it. <laughs> yeah. This is the danger zone where we review our last beer and then spoil the movie. So final spoiler alert warning for your ear holes. Yes. So now we're going to jump into our final beer called yeah. Freddie Mercury, quite possibly the most perfect beer to movie pairing in the history of this show. I like that you say Mercury. Like, I don't know if you do that on purpose. Like, is it just a pronunciation thing? But you're like, you, like, it's like well, four- look how this is spelled. Oh, I'd still say Mercury, I suppose. But Merc- Mercury. Mercury. It's, he's it's M-E-R-K-U-R-Y on the can. Uh, I assume that's for it's copyright M- reasons. It's M-U-R. What did I say? M-E. Oh, you're right. M-U-R-K-U-R-Y. Mercury. Mercury. Um, There's a floaty in your beer. Come on, guy. It looks like a coffee ground. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, oh, I do see it, though. Maybe it was from your mustache. Oh, that's gross if it's from my mustache. No, it is. It does kind of. It's not from my mustache. First of all, how dare you? I would never make you coffee with things in it. Uh, I am better than that. And oh. so were you. That's why I don't make for you like that. All right, man. Come I don't on. know what that was, though. Now it's gone because I took it out. Yeah. So we're fine. It's all fine. I really want to go back and record an intro to the danger zone in like four part harmony. Dude, <laughs> we could either just make it amazing or horrible. Oh, I'm the, sure. Yeah. Um, okay. So obviously I was going to ask you what made you grab this beer. I don't think I need to ask you that. Yeah. Um, but where did you find it? How so, much was it? Et cetera. Uh, this beer comes from SNS produce, the homie Andy over there. Uh, it came in at, I want to say like five bucks-ish for nice. the 16-ounce can. You can't miss it. It's got uh, a caricature of Freddie Mercury in the McKellar style of drawing. Mm-hmm. Very awesome in a nice silver kind of starburst thing happening behind him. You can't cannot miss it. Yeah, I had remembered seeing this beer there a couple weeks before we did this, and I was like, oh, my God, I hope Mental they still note. have it. Yeah, 
And they did, and it was great that they did. Uh, like I said, right around five bucks, sixteen ounce can. Uh, this is a New England style Imperial IPA, clocking in at nine percent. So very, very similar to Here we the go. fresh hop Cinehaze that we just did. Yeah, I want to point out too. I said this uh, when you told me this was a beer we were drinking. I'm always really hit or miss with McKellar. Yes, sometimes because they do a lot of weird stuff, man. Mm-hmm. They do like like some of the weirdest beers I've ever had are McKellar or Evil Twin, which is fitting. Uh, since I believe the two head brewers of each respective brewery are brothers, hence the evil twin name. Huh. But um, yeah, I've had some really strange beers from them. So I'm excited to try something as sh- relatively speaking straightforward as this uh, double IPA with Simcoe and Mosaic hops. Yeah. Just as straight up something that you can judge them on. Exactly. I'm excited for that. Yeah. Uh, you've tasted it. I have. What do you think? It's different than I expected. Damn it. Thanks, McKellar. Okay. <laughs> no, it's, it's <laughs> one job. Tastes possibly a hair old, but it also has a bit bit punchier fruit it's notes. It's like a tang to it. Yeah. It's a th- kick, in the, kick in the ass. Yeah, it's a kick right in the nuts. <laughs> uh, there's no date, is there? Mm-mm. All right. Well, I, I, I'm I assuming this is a new beer, maybe inspired by the film. And once you wash the coffee taste out of your mouth, it's a little bit better. That's, oh, where you, did you get coffee again? Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm trying to find... Um, well, A, their website. I guess I'll look for that first because maybe it's on there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I'm with you. It does taste maybe a smidge old or maybe that, again, like they just make weird stuff. So maybe that's how it's supposed to taste. Yeah, it's know. got a really uh, strong hot presence and like almost a tartness to it. Yeah. I, I think tang. Tang for me is more, yeah. more descriptive than tart. Definitely. I'm, like a little bit, not not quite like the uh, like no pucker factor that you would get in tartness, but tang like, um, yeah, like a really uh, ripe, Citrusy fruit, kind yeah, of yeah, like a tangerine type flavor, yeah. almost, or even like like papaya, get okay. like some of that. Yeah, I definitely don't hate it. It's it's unique for sure. Yeah, I don't hate it either. Um, I don't think I love it. Yeah, but I could be wrong. Maybe I'll 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 revisit it again right now. Super tropical fruity, super super fruity, like really heavy on almost pineapple. That is very interesting. Yeah. Um, pretty not flat, but not a whole lot of carbonation. Yeah. It's way more, uh, tropical than I expected. And a pretty bitter finish. Yeah. Interesting. It's like bitter and tart. Okay. I like it. It's growing on you. Yeah. I do like it. I definitely haven't hated it. Yeah. I don't know, man, what to rate it. It's, it's weird. Yeah. I think like, yeah, it's a McKellar beer. Yeah. Of course it's weird. Um, Hmm. I think it's, uh, I think it's, I think it's good. I think it's a 7.2. Okay. Sure. I think it's above average. Uh, I was definitely expecting less like pineapple tart fruitness. Yeah. Um, but like if they could have totally advertised this as like a tropical New England IPA and I'd have been like, oh yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And I think this would have been up your alley because of the fact that it's got such a bitter hoppy finish. Mm-hmm. I think that's what you look for a lot of the time. Yeah. I do like that. It's balanced well to the dry bitter finish with the the tart juiciness. Yeah, uh, so I couldn't find their website. I mean, I found their website. Sorry, I just kind of didn't have it. <laughs> I love um, the title. I know that's not how I get it, but I, I couldn't find their specific um, page on this beer. But what I did find is an article from a website called I don't know what this is called. It's the full name of that. Mm. Ox.co. That's not a real thing. Mm. Whatever. I'll put a link to this in our episode notes. But the headline is McKellar's Freddie Mercury beer is better than the movie. <laughs> uh, which is which is something, but I'll, I'll read what they said here. Uh, the name may seem little more than a pun, but Freddie Mercury, spelled U R K U R Y, is replete 
with the lovely hop haze that's come to typify the New England IPA. It's not oppressively turbid. I always forget about that word. That's, that's a, a great good word. word. Uh, though looking more like an unfiltered apple cider than orange juice. Absolutely no sediment falls to the bottom, which should delight drinkers who are tired of spending $20 on a four-pack of New England-style IPAs just to get clumps of protein floating around the bottom. Preach. Oh, my mm-hmm. gosh. I couldn't agree more. Um, let's see. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, this is a great article. Um, I'm just looking at it for the first time. But um, they say overall, uh, Rami Malek, again, if you have just tuned in, that is the lead singer. Uh, nope. The guy, the actor who portrays Freddie Mercury yeah. in the movie. Uh uh, Rami Malek aside, steps aside. McKellar San Diego does right by the legacy of Freddie Mercury with its potent, ravishing New England style double IPA. Clean, intoxicating, and bold. It's a surefire hit for the world's most prolific brewing operation. If only I could say the same about the movie. That's very funny because I think I'm in line with whoever wrote this article. If I could do it justice, I would find this person's name. 100%. To plug them, but I cannot. So, is it, for, the, is yeah. it at the bottom? No. What? We'll plug it. We'll We'll post it somewhere. Yeah. Oh, wait, there it is. It's sideways. Oh, come on, my guy. Okay. Jared? F- Fagerberg. Jared? Jared Fagerberg. Good good, good work, my man. This beer is robust. Yeah. Ravishing. I, I dig it, though. Yeah, I think, I think, um, yeah, I think the characteristics of the hops are good. I think Simcoe and Mosaic are a solid bet when you get with, like, a New England-style thing. Because you get, like, the pininess of, of the Simcoe mm-hmm. and some of that more punchy fruitiness from some of the Mosaic stuff, but they both end very bitterly, and I dig that. Yeah, this beer is wonky, but in a really good way. I'm going to give this beer an eight. Yeah? Yeah, I enjoy it. I like it. Yeah, I'm going to stick with that. Very cool. So It's around. You should try it. Yeah, again, we got this at SNS Produce right here in Chico. It's called Freddie Mercury from McKellar Brewing. Go uh, go find it somewhere. Drink it. Let us know what you think. And now, to tell you more about this movie, it's me. It's me. Hello. Welcome, me. Hello. Yeah, I, so I, you mentioned historical inaccuracies. Yeah. There's... I don't know what you're talking about. I'm sure listeners also, some don't. So what do you mean? All right. This movie was filled with historical inaccuracies. There were so many things uh, that didn't happen that they made into this movie just to make it better. Uh, I was doing a bunch of research and reading about it, and the first one that was really noticeable was him and his wife. Uh, yes. Or were they married? They were married. They were married, yeah. Uh, they were never actually married. But I, he, he considered that, oh, in real life? He considered her his common-law wife. Uh, and once he kind of started doing his own thing as far as um, being with men and stuff like that, uh, there was never any bad blood between them. She was a part of his life the whole time. Sure. I don't know that, that – I don't think you, we can draw the connection to say there's bad blood between them because of that in the movie. No, but there was a separation yes. both in vicinity and time-wise. Sure. You know, She wasn't around. It, they made it quite clear in the movie that they wanted it to look like she – just bailed on him. Oh, okay. Yeah. You okay. know, and she was a part in real life. She was a part of his life the whole time. Yeah. Um, supported him fully throughout his whole career and actually was uh, one of his nurses when he was uh, dying. Interesting. Yeah. And she was a secretary for his um, musical estate. Gotcha. Like she, he actually created a job for her. So there was no um, distance or separation between them ever, which I thought was really weird. Yeah. I mean, but it's more like, the other thing I got to figure is like, you can't just make a movie about these people without somebody's consent. Yeah. So somebody read the script and was like, this is fine. Well, that's the thing. Brian May, the guitar player, right. is an executive producer on this movie. Interesting. Yeah. They also changed the way that um, Freddie and the band met mm. because Freddie had, in real life, had been living with uh, the guitar player and the drummer, I think, for months and months and months before the singer of their band quit. 
Right. And it wasn't just they met him at a gig and he, yeah, was, you know, looks like you've been needing a new lead singer. Yeah. No, he know those guys knew those guys for a long time yeah. leading up to that. So that was kind of like that would almost be a better story. Like, yeah. That you, one that one doesn't bother me as much, um, just because like the same goal is met at the end. Like he joins the band and yeah. probably did it in a fun way. And I, I love that scene outside of the that club or whatever. Yeah. Uh, like he just walks up and just like sings him something. Then they're blown away and he's like, I'll consider your proposal. Mm-hmm. Great. Great. He scene. had such swagger. Yeah. He was such a, a diva. Yeah. It was, it was so great. Fantastic. Uh, I think that's one thing they really nailed with this movie is just, I mean, I'm assuming the behind the scenes stuff was accurate to how Freddie Mercury was. Yeah. You'd hope so. Yeah. But one of the other big things I had with this movie was that Queen never broke up. Never? Never. Oh, you, yeah. Like they didn't have like a little interim where he did solo stuff and they broke they, up. They had a period where they all did solo stuff. They mm-hmm. didn't put that in the movie. Gotcha. That like almost every member of the band put out a solo record uh, and they never broke up and then reunited before Live Aid. They right. actually did their solo records, came back, wrote a Queen record, toured for it, right. and then played Live Aid. Right. Nor did he get diagnosed with AIDS, I think, before Live Aid. I could be wrong I, there. He might have gotten diagnosed, but he didn't tell the band until like 1989. Really? So years after Live Aid. Yeah. So they made it look like Live Aid was this big reunion show. Right. And it never was. Yeah. And that whole time in the movie where Freddie was in Germany recording his solo album, his whole band was with him. Oh, really? They went to Germany together. He was never like super alienated. Right. So they definitely just hammed a lot of the storyline up for movie purposes. Sure. You know, it's it makes a better movie to have a band break up in a reunion concert. Yeah, totally. It's got that emotional arc that that's what we were talking about in the beginning, like kind of substituting i didn't realize completely fictional things sometimes but Mm -hmm. uh, changing the timeline to have a more satisfying resolution yeah the essence of storytelling i suppose yeah they definitely took liberties with the story in a big way and that was maybe my biggest problem with the movie yeah i I, because to some extent you want to have some leniency yeah with a biopic like you you know that not everything has to happen exactly right like like kind of at least my perspective is like if you're getting to the same point Mm mm-hmm to some extent, you can fudge some details. Um, yeah, I think there's a difference between fudging details and altering major plot points agreed. in the band's life. Yeah, agreed. But I agree with you as well. Like you can you can wiggle room it. Yeah. Um, so I think it's it's maybe up to people's personal taste, I guess. Without without bringing into um, the equation like disrespect for the the story content. Yeah. In this case, Freddie Mercury's life and and Queen, because um, that should be a factor for sure. But uh, ultimately, it might be the viewer's uh, discrepancy to be like, yeah, that offends me or that doesn't. I don't mm-hmm. mind. See, for me, it's like if it's being branded as a biopic. I kind of want like the bio of the band to be at least somewhat historically accurate in the timeline. And like the fact that they added a breakup that never happened. Yeah. It's like I didn't because yeah. I was watching the movie thinking I was learning. That's my thing. Right. I was like, what? I never knew Queen broke up. But right. obviously this was before I was born. So I wasn't really like paying attention sure but then i look into it a little bit more and i'm like oh i never oh, broke they didn't. up oh yeah movies hollywood magic yeah what i haven't done is talk to anybody who lived through this time about this movie i've only unpacked this movie with a handful of people mm-hmm. um and yeah nobody that was like really into queen at the time i'd love to hear some perspective on that like what people who actually experienced this thought of the movie totally be interesting to me. yeah that would be interesting to track down some folks that were around. Yeah, I, I I do like the emotional impact that it has, though, at the Live Aid concert when we know that he's been, de- this is in the, the timeline of the movie, of course, mm-hmm. uh, he's been dealing with AIDS, he's gone off on his own, like he starts singing those opening lines of We Are The Champions, like like paying dues and curtain calls, and 
very effective mm-hmm. from from a movie perspective. Oh yeah, it definitely gives you the tinglys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. What else? Uh, anything else about you? Uh, there was just a few things like he never came out to his parents. Yeah, the parent stuff was pretty heavy. Yeah, like um, in real life, satisfying. he never actually came out to his parents. Oh, you're, oh, at all? Yeah. Mm. And they they added like kind of a coming yeah, out scene, kind of. So that was one, but I think that makes for a better movie. Yeah, it, yeah. Again, it you totally know? does. I also like probably an oversimplification of his relationship with his father, mm-hmm. like the entire time, at least in the movie. Like, no, you have to do this. No, no, no. And then at the very end, it's like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Turn on the TV. I'm gonna watch. Yeah. I don't know. Also, I never knew that Freddie Mercury was of uh, a different yeah what a, uh, descent. Like he was not white. He was what was it? Indian? Persian? Persian. I could be wrong. I think you're right, but I never realized that. I thought that was fascinating that he came from like a conservative, um, like Middle Eastern yeah. family. Um, let's see. Um, I'm gonna find it so we don't get that wrong. But yeah, um, read his uh, his birth name there on the top right. Oh yeah, it's uh, it's a uh, Farouk Bolsara, which is crazy. Farouk, maybe. Yeah, I just I never realized that. Yeah, no, me neither. I guess I, but again, like I hadn't been super. The Queen wasn't ever really on my radar. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm. Why can't I find Wait, it? Wait, go back up. Wait, I got your hair. Uh, Stonetown, Zanzibar, mm-hmm. Tanzania. Okay, yeah. Uh, interesting. For Parsis. Mm-hmm. The- mm-hmm. Huh. All sorts of. All sorts of places in here. It gives background on his family. This is just Wikipedia too. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, whole whole bunch of background on Freddie Mercury's family. Very interesting. Like way more than we have time to unpack. There's like paragraphs and paragraphs. But in any case, I agree with you. I didn't know that either. Yeah, I think it's uh, a fascinating read. If you wanted to dig a little bit deeper on your own time into their Wikipedia and read about all the facts of this band, I think it will enlighten you much more than the movie and maybe fill in the gaps uh, or some of the details that you want yeah. going into this movie. Yeah, uh, I like the movie overall, but I think you should do some research and yes. then combine the two Yep, and then enjoy that as an overall experience about this band. I think that's a great way to, to look at it. And footnote or bookend yep. that, I should say, by listening to all their music. Sure, yeah. If you haven't, just go back and go through their back catalog. All of their B-sides and the lesser-known songs, there's some real hidden treasures in there. Sure. Some good stuff, man. Yeah, yeah, I believe that's true. I'll listen to some stuff uh, today before I leave I leave town. Boom, that's boom. I, do. I like it. Uh, anything else you want to touch on before we wrap this, baby? You know, I think that's it, man. I think I got all my beefs with this movie out. Love um, it. Favorite parts were the music, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Makes me want to listen to Queen. So if you ever get the chance to try Fresh Hop Cine Haze from Secret Trail or Freddie Mercury from McKellar or you see Bohemian Rhapsody, we'd love to hear your thoughts. You can find us on social media at Fresh Hop Cinema or you can email us at fhccast at gmail.com. Um, again, thanks for bearing with us during that interim there. Uh, if there's anything we can do to to help you get through this time, if you're in the area, please let us know. We'd, we'd love to help out and do what we can, even if that's just meeting up and grabbing a beer. Uh, we would really enjoy that. Absolutely. Thanks again for being part of this show. Uh, this will be our last episode before Thanksgiving. So from Max and myself, we want to wish all of you a very happy Thanksgiving. Hopefully you have a good one and share it with people that you love. Great. And we'll see you next week. Uh, my name is Max Minardi. My name is Johnny Summers. And catch you on the flip-flop. This is Fresh Hop Cinema.